0: It's 11 minutes before the hour. You're listening to Raven Radio, KCAW Sitka. Today is Thursday, December 9th, 2021. I'm Erin Fulton with Raven News. Seven defendants convicted by the state for their roles in a violent drug hit in Sitka three years ago have now been sentenced in a federal court as well. The U.S. District Court in Alaska on Wednesday handed down sentences ranging from time served to over 30 years. KCAW's Robert Woolsey reports.
1: 35-year-old Christina Quintana took the longest sentence. She will serve 22 and a half years in prison for her crimes, which included pistol-whipping a Sitka woman over an unpaid drug debt and then shooting her in both legs. Quintana and an accomplice, 25-year-old Andrea Avalos, were involved in a drug ring that had been distributing methamphetamine and heroin in Sitka beginning in May of 2017, In March of the following year, Quintana and Avalos flew to Sitka from New Mexico and assaulted their customer two days later. The pair were promptly arrested by Sitka police officers who used a riot control grenade to extract them from a yacht in Sitka's harbor where they had been squatting. Quintana pled guilty in U.S. District Court to conspiracy to possess and distribute drugs in Sitka, and the possession and discharge of a firearm in drug trafficking. She will serve her 22-year sentence concurrently with her conviction in Alaska Superior Court last June on a single count of assault and inflicting serious injury with a weapon. Quintana, who has a criminal record dating back to 2003, will not be eligible for parole. After the completion of her sentence, she'll be on supervised release for 10 years. In arguing for the sentence, acting U.S. Attorney Brian Wilson of the District of Alaska said, The violence committed in this case has shaken the community of Sitka and is one of the worst drug offenses committed in southeast Alaska in the last few decades. Andrea Avalos pled guilty in U.S. court to a drug conspiracy charge and will serve 12 years in prison. Other defendants in the case include Sitkins, 42-year-old Peter Krovina, who will serve 15 years in prison on drug trafficking and firearm charges, 28-year-old Holly Chambers, who pled guilty to drug conspiracy and was sentenced to time served, 32-year-old Aaron Didrickson, who pled guilty to drug conspiracy and was sentenced to time served, 39-year-old Porter Treadway, who pled guilty to drug conspiracy and is scheduled for sentencing in January, and one Juno resident, 33-year-old Eric Mariski, who pled guilty to drug trafficking and was sentenced to four years and two months in prison. The investigation that led to the arrests of all seven defendants was a joint operation of the Sitka Police Department, the FBI, the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosives, and the U.S. Marshals. Reporting in Sitka, I'm Robert Woolsey.
0: Sitka reported five new coronavirus cases on Tuesday and one new hospitalization, causing an upward trend in positive cases this week. According to data from the Alaska Department of Health and Social Services, the city's seven-day case rate now stands at 13, keeping Sitka in high alert. One of those cases is being associated with Blatchley Middle School. Since the beginning of the pandemic, Sitka has reported a total of 1,250 cases, 27 hospitalizations, and five deaths. Earlier this week, the Rasmussen Foundation announced it will distribute $15 million to organizations throughout the state in what it said was the largest slate of grant awards in its 66-year history. Two Sitka nonprofits will snag nearly $800,000 in the windfall. The Sitka Sound Science Center will receive just under half a million dollars to replace the organization's salmon hatchery, Spawn Shack, Executive Director Lisa Bush says the original structure was built by aquaculture students from the Sheldon Jackson College in 1974. It just was way, 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 way past its useful life, <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I'm not sad to see that old building go. Um, so this new building will be safer. It will be, um, will, it'll, it'll be used for training people in aquaculture and mariculture, and it will also be. Um, used by visitors who come and they learn about salmon and salmon life cycles and aquaculture and commercial fisheries and um, all kinds of things, you know, when visitors come to the Science Center. The Science Center has been updating its facility bit by bit over the last decade, most recently renovating its historic mill building. Bush says the new project will cost around $1.6 million, paid for mostly by grants. Well, our hope is that This is done by May because, as you know, we're having an onslaught of visitors this summer, so we really want to have the project done by then so that we can have visitors in the building and we don't have a construction project going on amidst all these visitors. The Sitka Community Land Trust will receive $265,000 towards its cottage neighborhood on Halibut Point Road. The city transferred a new section of property to the land trust this fall, where co-executive director Randy Huey says it plans to build another seven affordable homes.
2: The the grant itself will be used to do what's called the site development or dirt work uh, on the site. right? So we'll shape and contour and drain the site. We'll install the underground utilities and get it ready for houses.
0: The land trust has already built three homes in its first neighborhood on Halibut Point Road, and Huey says demand for the units, which typically sell for around $260,000, is high.
2: We just took two off of the wait list and put them into that are now we're building the next two houses for. And so um, but the demand has been uh, it remains strong.
0: Both Bush and Huey express gratitude for the Rasmussen Foundation, which has a long history of supporting artists and nonprofits in Sitka, including the Raven Radio Foundation. Last week, the State Department of Transportation quietly removed sailings of their lone ferry to the Upper Lynn Canal next month after discovering additional steelwork is needed on the vessel. But after adding a sailing to Haynes to accommodate lawmakers traveling to Juneau for the January legislative session, Skagway is left high and dry. As KHNS's Mike Swayze reports, questions remain as to whether the state prioritized lawmakers over taxpayers.
2: Late last week, the Alaska Marine Highway removed the Matanuska from its calendar for several weeks after the new year. This week, they announced the Kennecott will sail as far north as Haines on January 12th to cover the early January mainliner duties that the Matanuska will miss. But it will not call on Skagway. AMHS also announced the La will add three sailings to Haynes and Skagway during the first week of January, but nothing past January 8th. Alaska Marine Highway spokesperson Sam Dapsovich cited a crew shortage for the reason not to activate the Taslina, which has been sitting idle in Juneau's Ok Bay Terminal. But union representatives for the Alaska Marine Highway crew say they have members ready to work. I'm not sure
1: why you were told that there was this lack of crew. I mean, the Matanuska tied up, People are laid off. They're sitting, on the, they're sitting on the beach.
2: That's Erling Wally, regional director of the Inland Boatmen's Union of the Pacific, the largest of the three unions representing state ferry workers. Wally says there are workarounds available that would shorten the winter gap between sailings to Skagway.
1: That was our other question uh, to uh, the state was, well, why can't we just keep the Lakani running until the Matanuska can come out?
2: Shannon Adamson heads the Master's Mates and Pilots, which represents deck officers on the Marine Highway. She says it's curious that DOT is claiming a shortage of crew since her union wasn't consulted about its members' availability.
0: At all. We haven't been contacted by the state about any of the issues that are currently occurring in the villages and Northland Canal.
2: The Lacanti is certified until April, ferry union reps argue, and it already has a crew. But calls to Dapsovich with follow-up questions went unanswered on Tuesday. Meanwhile, more questions remain regarding the use of the Kennecott to fill in for the Matanuska on the mainliner run that reaches as far north as Haines on January 12th. Skagway Mayor Andrew Cromata says it appears there's a double standard at work with the state prioritizing elected officials over ordinary people.
1: Why is it so easy to pivot quickly to get a ferry up to Haines for legislators and impossible to get a ferry to Skagway that services the needs of a community that are desperate to be able to get where they need to go, whether it be the doctor or a grocery store visit or for a much needed
2: vacation. And yet there are other possible solutions, including the Alaska class ferry, the Taslina, and the mainliner Columbia. Both ships are tied up for cost cutting or lack of certificates or both. Over the weekend, Dunleavy's office announced a plan it says would re-energize the Alaska Marine Highway System. The report says the Tostamina would be replaced in five years to serve southwest routes, and an idle Alaska-class ferry, the Hubbard, built for $60 million as a solution for northern Lynn Canal communities but was never used, would be outfitted with crew quarters to extend its range at a cost of more than $15 million. The governor's report says the Hubbard will be deployed to Prince William Sound and possibly some southeast Alaska communities, but there was no mention of the Upper Lynn Canal. Reporting from Skagway, I'm Mike Swayze.
0: Taking a look at the community calendar. The deadline to register for Sitka Kitsch's Hungarian Mushroom Soup class is 11.30 p.m. today, Thursday, December 9th. The class will be 5 p.m. Sunday, December 12th via Zoom. You can register at sitkakitch.eventsmart.com. Blue Lake and Harbor Mountain Road are now closed for the season. Harbor Mountain Road is scheduled to reopen to highway vehicles May 5th and Blue Lake Road reopening May 15th. The Sitka Local Emergency Planning Commission meets at noon today at Harrigan Centennial Hall. Healing Our People and Environment Coalition meets at 3.30 p.m. the second Thursday of each month via Zoom. You can find a link to participate in the meeting on the community calendar posting. I'm Erin Fulton, and this has been Raven News.